0: after you, Brian.
1: In a world where grasshoppers jump at the Olympics. In a world where testosterone is sold by the leader at the coffee club. In a world where sporting prowess is judged by the length of your fingernails. These
0: humble octogenarians will sift through the sands of time, separate the truth from the gravel, and build the car park of contentment among the forests of fear on... The Siamese Herring Experiment. (laughs)
1: Hello, Brian. Brian, how are you going today? Oh, great to see you again. Yeah. It's oh, fine. You too, Monday, Brian. Monday night day. Yeah. It's
0: been a hectic week, Brian. I don't know about you. Uh, how's things been on your end? Ah, oh,
1: Brian, as you know, I've been um, just flat out... Um, taking it easy uh the leprosy's still hanging around as usual yeah uh you know I, I, I take it easy on the weekends now uh just me and a couple of cartons of beer and yep. uh but the leprosy just see you just ain't right hey, away is that uh, has the acupuncture not helped the leprosy no no i gave up on the acupuncture i was um the needles were, were going right through to the bone yeah. uh, i think the yeah. uh the the, the, the chappy I was using, I think, you know, he was Sudanese. I thought he was a Chinese, but he was Sudanese, yeah. and um, yeah, he was a bit willy nilly with his uh, needlework, Brian. Yeah. I think he should have been doing uh, parquetry or probably maybe uh, um, knitting a rug. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind, Brian. I'm sure it'll come good
0: with a bit more medication and a bit more uh, alcohol. Uh, that'll that'll that should be settled down
1: in no time. Yes, it'll be fine, Brian. Now the other thing I've been working on uh, with your assistance. Uh, and the listeners should know about this because it's very important. We've got a new sponsor that's uh, come on board. We've known them for quite a while, but um, now they're actually a fully-fledged sponsor of the brines. Now, um, yes. yeah, that is uh, Douglas Chesterton Finster & Associates. Uh, they're an accounting, legal, financial, gambling, childcare business that uh, operate out of... Uh, Westfield car park at Strathpine. They're in car park three, as you know. Yeah. Uh, they've got a valiant there that's the front office, and uh, just around uh, the other side is a high-end van. Now they're very mobile in their antics around the the, uh, the Strathpine, Lawton, um, uh Alice Springs area. Um, now what uh, what we really like about them is they they've had 18 months' experience in all fields. Um, uh, they have a lot of experience with criminal law Gold fostering and kidnapping. Yeah. Uh, now we've because of our um, standout abilities over the years, they've used us sometimes as a uh, consultants. Yes. Obviously, we've used them sometimes to just get us out of a bit of a jam with the police. Mhm. Uh, and it's a it's a brilliant sort of relationship when it comes to like you know you scratch my back and I'll eat your goat. Yeah. Now we've been doing that a lot of years. Have we, Brian? Eating goats? We have been, Brian. The goats of uh, we, we we fostered mm-hmm. a
0: fantastic relationship with a number of goat farmers and uh goat wrestlers over the years and uh uh, Doug and his crew there at uh, Car Park Three at Westfield Strathpine—they just do a remarkable job. They've got a sort of creepy insight into the machinations of the criminal world and of
1: the goat uh, landscape. They have Brian, and uh, I think I believe I'm glad I'm led to believe that they're, um, they're, they've they received a bit of a, um, a request from uh, the Baldwin family to help them out. There's a bit of a bit of a fracas over yes. there in New Mexico, and. Yep. Um, unfortunately or fortunately somebody's been shot dead uh, yeah. that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Uh, they're actually brilliant at this, um, uh, this sort of law uh, the, uh, the American way of law where you can shoot somebody and get off mm-hmm. yeah. uh, they, uh, they'll they be I think heading over there I think um, Finster's heading over there yeah. uh, in the next day or two you yeah. just got to get find a plane to take him um, we, we'll be consulting with them by Zoom we will. Uh, about how to um, the and outs of uh, talking to the Americans because you've got to sort of, like, talk to them when you're really drunk. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, they make no sense at all. It's
0: true. It's very true, Brian. I think one of the the main problems to come out of this particular case with the Baldwin chap is uh, the cameras weren't rolling. Mm. Now, this is unexcusable. In this day and age, I mean, uh, everything should be photographed, documented and put out for the world to see and we've seen no footage of this uh, particular shooting at all mm. but the fact that uh, the camera wasn't actually rolling is the big crime in this and mm. I think uh, whoever turned that camera off is really going to pay the ultimate price
1: yes uh, I I am led to believe that Brian I mean um, the the thing about the uh, the movie industry is the show must go on yes. uh, yeah. no matter what yes. and uh, you know I uh, a, a, a tragic death that it is is film worthy uh, for its uh, the nuances of the um, you know the gun the plot that yes. thickens behind the scenes yeah. of why that particular gun had been used in a, a daylight robbery of a uh, a, a, a drugstore uh, somewhere in the New Mexico area one day yeah. and then mm-hmm. it's on a uh, film set the yes. next uh, as a, uh, a prop. Yeah. Now when I think of props I'm thinking of something that holds something up Brian. This won't hold up now. It it's going to fall over a big heap it will. but I think Finster will sort them out. He'll go over there and he'll tell them to them straight because that's what these people do they're, they're straight shooters they but, are. Uh, he's a straight talker Brian uh, and he, he'll go in there to bat with them and he'll probably use the bat just to he, communicate with them. He will. He will indeed. And
0: uh, you know the the subtlety that he can bring to a case like this uh, will uh, sort of lull the Americans into a false sense of security. And uh, before long, uh, everyone will be on death row. Uh, it'll be televised. Um, there'll be riots. Uh, there'll be. Uh, I think there's a number of Congress buildings that can be uh, rushed. Uh, And Mm. taken over, I think uh, this will be put a massive pressure on democracy, as it is in the United States. I think there'll be men, women, and children of all races and nationalities fighting in the street over this, and and this really is the American way.
1: It is, Brian. I mean, look, it's a long time since the sixth of January uh, insurrection, and I I think it's way overdue uh, that they've had. uh, You know, I don't think they've had any, you know, what you'd call, uh, uh, you know. uh, mass shootings of note, no. you know, where they shoot up, like, you know, 20 or 30 school children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah there's there's always uh, mass shootings every day, but we, we really don't care about that because, no. you know, only numbers is about five, six or seven. Um, so, so America's gone a bit quiet this year. I mean, I think Joe yeah. Biden's been a very soothing influencer. Kamala's obviously over there with her yeah. with her, uh, her, uh, repertoire of words and yeah. wisdom. Yeah. And I think, really, America's going to come back Bigger and better and bolder as they, 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 they aspire to. Yeah, <clears throat> we need more shootings um, and more people who are well known involved in it. Like, yes. like I'd rather see Snoop Dogg Yeah, um, shoot up a uh, a cafeteria yeah. at uh, maybe uh, you know a, a boarding school. Yep. Um, maybe um, uh, Scarlett Johansson um, hang glide into uh, you know a. a a, a group of uh, elderly people yes. and uh, try and sever a few heads off. Yes, because she'd be good at that because she's a marble oh, girl, Ryan. Yes, she, she is indeed. And I think this—it's
0: it, hard to know exactly which way this is going to push it. I think that uh, I think that uh, you know there might be just a great call for any uh, firearms used in any sort of kidnapping events or robberies or shootings, or even just just local threatening a, a child on the street. These handguns, once they've been used for the criminal activity, uh, they should just be thrown over the fence into any film set. Uh, there's probably not a film production anywhere in the world that wouldn't benefit from uh, some sort of mass shooting activity. So all those guns, uh, just throw them into the film lot,
1: and uh, they'll be put to good use. They will, Brian. I mean, they do talk about in the uh, in the United States that uh, they want to get a lot of these guns, you know, out of the hands of um, you know the, the the bad people. So you know, the bad people. Are you know, you know walking by a film set as you said and just chuck over you know 15 or 16 AK-47s and a bazooka yes um you know that's that's 16 or 17 weapons that are off the streets yeah in the hands of people who can shoot willy-nilly at somebody yeah. they really do like yeah now that's what we want Brian it's like that's the thing about um, the American um, psyche is that they tend to shoot people that don't like whereas you know in the in the real world you've got to shoot people you like because that way it gives a bit of credence why the guns yeah. are available Yeah, I mean,
0: Dick Cheney was uh, the Mm. the the pin up boy for accidental shootings. uh, Even though his was not an accident at all, but this 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 promotion of uh, illegal activity and hatred and vice as, a, as a, just a, a, a common accident. I think that's uh, Dick Cheney's greatest uh, claim mm. to fame, and I think that's uh, what we need more of. Uh, sure, you know, anyone can just go out there willy-nilly and just blow away a couple of dozen prep school kiddies or walk into a massage pile and just shoot everyone because someone yelled at you at the shopping centre the other day or just walking into a church and blasting out people of different ethnic persuasion than you because you're just some kind of moron. Mm. So that's just becoming uh, mundane. Uh, and yeah. boring, but accidental shootings. I think. Uh, I think this is a whole new field that should be really uh, taken on and embraced. Uh, I think we could do some very wonderful and artistic deaths yeah. and
1: fatalities. Yeah, absolutely right, Brian. I mean, we've always had a good laugh when we hear about the, um, you know, the uh, the four-year-old taking the handgun out of the mother's um, purse and then yeah. shooting the mother in the head. Yeah. Now, that is just absolutely hilarious when it you is. think about it. Uh, because that's sort of like, you know, the kitty obviously knows what it's doing because the mother's a dickhead, yeah. having a gun in a purse for the first place. Yeah. But the thing about it is that, you know, they love each other and that it's got a backstory that everybody's going to really respect and enjoy. Yeah. Nobody really gives a fuck about a drive-by drive shooting because no. they don't know any of them. No. So it hasn't got that... Um, Know, that physical contact yeah. when it comes to the nuances of yeah. uh, you know people's feelings and thoughts because yeah. everything's about feelings these days. broad. everybody's got a feel. About everything, when it it comes to to food, how do you feel about that food? Oh, it's got some texture and lusciousness, and it tastes like gravy. Yeah. Oh, what about that drink? Oh, it's cold and it's wet, and it makes me get sick. But that's what people want. Is they want to hear your opinions and things about what you did yesterday, where you've been last night. Yes. You know. Why haven't you cleaned out your ears? I don't know. I've never heard that before. And yeah. you know, everybody's got an opinion, bro They do. And the opinions are just like dominating the world. That's why you've got to have a gun. Yeah. Just to shoot them and get rid of them. and yeah. Stop this rubbish.
0: Yeah. I think our politicians uh, have got a lot to answer for i 'd like to see a lot of uh, a lot more handguns actually in in parliament uh, i 'd like to see the dodgy uh, safety uh, devices on uh, a lot of your automatic weapons and i'd like to see them just sort of laying down. Uh, under desks, uh, sitting on chairs so that the, uh, the parliamentarians can't actually see them. There's going to be some uh, chaos happening there, some accidental discharges there, hopefully. And just while uh, someone's going back to their seat, maybe just, hey, hey, Scotty, here, catch, and just throw them uh, a loaded Glock or something with the uh, safety off. Oh, I think this is mm. going to be a whole another level of entertainment and uh, getting to the nitty-gritty of the political,
1: uh, political uh, whatever. No, you're right, Brian, and I, I I agree with you that, you know, like what what we need uh, more in uh, federal parliament particularly is the more cameras in the chamber and uh, the, that's some of those real slow-motion cameras. Yep. So you can actually see Scamo scurrying out to pick up that clock. Yeah. Uh, you can see when uh, old uh, Barnacle Joyce is talking to Potato Head on yep. the front bench and he turns around and just whips out the uh, the 9mm uh, and goes make my fucking day potato yep and uh potato goes uh, uh, what And uh, Barnacle just has a good old laugh because we love watching Barnacle laugh right now because he's a big fat fat. fuck. And, you know, his ribs don't ever show. And he just looks like he'd have a great time just moving around a gun in Parliament, willy-nilly, sea style. Yeah, you can see the blood pressure just
0: just really builds up in that little head of his. And uh, I just love to see that uh, explode one day, whether it's from a, you know, nine mil or uh, just through a big stick. Baseball yeah. bat, something like that. I think this would get the message across to the people that your politicians are actually good for
1: something and are actually doing something. Yeah. Well, that's right, and you know we we must move on from that, Brian. I think we've we've given them enough uh, ammunition to say you know what to do. They they do listen to us. We know that they listen to the podcast, all of them. Yes, uh, except probably that uh, Penny Wong. Yes, Um, but other than that, they all they all like to get into the podcast. We get a lot of emails, particularly from um, Barnaby Joyce, and. When Kevin Rudd was Prime Minister, he was always talking to us, wasn't he, Brian? He was. um, He used to have his own short way of setting his office and he'd listen to us and he'd, he'd write down notes and he'd go into Parliament and he'd go... Oh, listen to me. I've got some new stuff here. Yeah. And, you know, we were the pseudo uh, speechwriters from not proud to say I've been no. that, Brian, really, because he was... but I mean, we were the ones who invented Kevin 07. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were, thinking about we were hoping it was going to go to the, 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 the election was going to go to Kevin 08. Yeah. But uh, that didn't have the right ring about it. No,
0: no. There was, uh, there was a bit too much bloodshed that time. I think Kevin lost a little bit in translation after speaking mm. to us. Uh, he was a good orator but he wasn't really good at morse code and she liked to uh talk to us in morse code very secretive chat we didn't think it was a really good idea but he just loved it and he i did. think uh, he got some of his dits and his dots crossed up and his dashes were a bit haphazard and i think that's one of the reasons that he was really mis uh, mis mis misinterpreted miss uh miss he was uh yeah he fucked in the head
1: he was yeah, uh, you know, and uh, you know one of the things that um, you know he, he he brought to the parliament that I thought was you know quite refreshing was um, you know he'd uh, he'd get up on the, the top there of the flagpole and he'd have his torch yeah and. Um, He'd just be flashing to us like, you know, the Navy used to do mm-hmm. in the old days yeah. from one ship to another. Yeah. Uh, we were in Brisbane, and he thought that he could, uh, you know, do that from yeah. Canberra. Yeah. Uh, and we always said to him, yeah, we, we saw the torch. Yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, yeah don't worry, it's Kevin. And yeah. um, we'd morse code him back, and he'd, nah, no, what yeah. knew. No.
0: Well, the good thing about the Morse code is no one actually knows what it is anymore. There's not many people can actually uh, 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 understand it. So people just used to see this uh, random behavior from Kevin as another one of his uh, anomalies, uh, one of his uh, just uh, mental personal quirks, uh, where in actual fact he was uh, Morse coding to anyone who'd listened to
1: him, really, the Russians, uh, us, of course. Um, mm. uh, You'd think, uh, like I think, most people have got on to by now. They've probably actually got on to chip and you can see him. He's sitting there at the, uh, you know, in Parliament at the uh, the big desk there, yeah. and, he, and you can see him. Uh, he's got one hand on the desk, and he's like tapping yeah. on the desk. Yes. And he he was delusional. He was, but he just thought the whole desk was a big bloody yeah. uh, a code yeah. detecting device. Yes. Now, I like that in a man, Brian, somebody who can be in power and then just use whatever objects that are in, in front of him or beside him yes. or laying on flat on the ground in front of him and use them to effect. He yes. was like a, what uh, you call him, probably like a performer?
0: He was uh, uh, very much a performer in the vein of uh, some of the early vaudeville stars of Brisbane, the old uh, Smack Macaqui. I remember he was... Uh, he was one of the great theatrical stars in Brisbane in the 30s and 40s. Uh, he was much like Kevin Rudd in that he could dance, tell stories, and fall over at the same time. And I think this is a trait that's missing with a lot
1: of our uh, politicians these days. mm well, they, they, they do do a lot of falling over up in the bar, yeah. right? they're, they're, yeah. the parliament the bar. Yeah. There's a lot of, what I can see, uh, I've read many a story of the uh, barnacle, Joyce ends up there in the bar, yes. uh, you know, and um, we the, yeah. uh, other stories about him we will go into another time. Now, uh, Brian, you talked about some of the entertainers at Brisbane, Stand. I mean, you know, I know one of, the, one of my um, People that I remember very fondly. was a happy Jack. Yep. Uh, you know, I used to always meet him at the cricket and have a couple of beers yep. and watch him dribble down, you know, down his face. And he was yep. a great entertainer, Brian. He was. He was part of the uh,
0: new wave of Russian ballet that uh, came to Brisbane in the 30s and 40s. And uh, at a much later date, uh, you remember just before Uncle Joe's sad demise when he used to come and visit us Mm. in his submarine up uh, Downfall Creek. Joe Stalin used to come out to old Bris Vegas uh, back in the day in the late 40s just to come and see... Uh, the Russian talent that was for everyone to see on the Brisbane Theatre. And uh, we're Mm. going to have a whole special show to commemorate these glorious days of theatre and communism in Brisbane in the 20s and
1: 50s. Yes, it's going to be a treat, Brian. You know, we we grew up in that time uh, as youngsters and it was always a formidable task for us to get into City Hall, to get into town, you know, come through the back door as usual yep. and you yep. know, we, we, we couldn't afford tickets in those days, no. as you know. Uh, you know, we used to uh, talk to the security dean at the back and he'd let us in if we uh, washed his car, that sort of stuff. Yep. You know, it was just normal practice. It was. Um, my memory of that time, uh, particularly in the uh, late 30s, early 40s, was the uh, that everybody smoked. Uh, yes. There was no none of this, uh, you know, nicotine patches back no, then, or no. um, chewing gum, or no. or anything like that. It was either you smoke, or you're you're a hopeless fool, yep. or yep. you can't afford it. Yep. That's why a lot of people were, you know, always on their all fours, yep. picking up cigarette butts and yep. trying to join them together and smoke them. Yes, uh, it was a great time, Brian. As you know, I mean, when when we got to uh, our early like teens, early teens, all that through that, we were smoking our heads off with, yes. um, you know, nicotine and um, a bit of bit of um, manure. We'd roll yep. manure and yep. burn it and eat it and smoke it. Yep. And um, that was the halcyon days of entertainment, in those days, Brian. Now, you'd entertain yourself just with, you know, Rolling in the dirt. Yeah, you could, Brian. It was uh, a fun,
0: a carefree time, and uh, it was great to see your heroes up on the stage, yeah. giving their all for the public. Uh, and quite right, uh, we used to sneak in the back door all the time. We didn't have much money in those days. Uh, uh, Joey Stalin, though, he was always loaded, but uh, they wouldn't take the rubles after a while. Uh, was a bit hard to change them. Uh, though you could get uh, get some mince pies uh, at West End. Back in those days with rubles, but that was about it. Uh, you couldn't really buy yeah. a sausage roll. Uh, you couldn't buy um, uh, wheat bicks with your rubles. That was right out. Uh, so Joey Stalin, you know, he'd get a bit testy when you tried Ooh. to uh, tell him just keep it in pence, shillings, and pounds. But uh, Joey would just go nuts. Uh, he'd yeah. just clomp around in his uniform, whacking people in the head, which in itself yeah. was uh, hilarious, but uh, oh, yeah. it, uh, it disrupted the uh, people in the
1: stalls. It did. Yeah, when um, you know we uh, we were introduced to the uh, that, uh, the, the the Intimidable um, uh, Chips Rafferty back in the nineteen yeah uh, late forties yeah. and fifties and. Um, Chips was uh, one of the greatest um, entertainers uh, the world's ever seen. Um, he he used to smoke through every performance too. He yeah. was he took it literally. It was um, smoking and drinking was part and parcel of his yeah. of his act. Yeah. Um. The fact that he could play the tuba yeah. and drink beer and smoke at the same yeah. time was a revelation to me, Brian. I, you know, I I I, I couldn't understand how a man of his magnitude could inhale exhale and drink, all within about two seconds. He was just the ultimate bloody performer,
0: Brian. It it was a very formidable performance, Brian. And you'll remember rightly that it was on one of these occasions which uh, Joe decided that Chips must go back to St. Petersburg for a special uh, Christmas show that they were putting over on there. And that was our first... Real official visit over there. I mean, we'd been there a number of times as drinking buddies with Joe, and uh, this was the first time we'd actually uh, been to uh, the place that was is, is now called the Kremlin.
1: That's right. Um, yeah, we were. Um, you know, we we're only in our know, late teens at the time we were um, you know, first over in uh, Saint Petersburg, and I know Joe was um, very keen to. Um, to take us to Siberia. I, well, we weren't real keen because we, we weren't really used to the cold. But he mentioned it to to us enough Times that you know we we did have that weekend and uh, Chips came along. Yeah. As you remember, yeah. and um, Chips had a duffel bag uh, full of rabbits. Yeah. Uh, he took everywhere with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of them were alive, but a few few of them were still dead. Um, Joe jo, um, took umbrage to it that day, and uh, when when um, when Chips let the rabbits out of the bag, um, Jay pulled out the howitzer and um, just shot them all. Uh, yeah. Now, Chips was uh, an elegant man, but geez, he had a temper. Yeah. And uh, I remember that day um, very clearly when um, Chips just uh, took his shirt off. He had the checky uh, owl on underneath, as usual. Yeah. Uh, he had a uh, full packet of cigarettes in both pockets, yeah. and he was smoking like a chimney. Yeah. And he, he just said to Jay, he "Said, said, mate, um, you know, you've just killed me lunch. Yeah, uh, and uh, and Stalin's just gone, you know, in his broken English, uh, get fucked. Yeah, and uh, it was on. It was. Uh, They were out there uh, running around in the and rolling around the dirt, yep. belting the yep. shit out of each yep. other. And Chaps, being the long limb uh, man that he was, yep. he just put these haymakers into uh, Stalin. Stalin never got up for about no. I think it was about two hours. Yeah, uh, ble- bleeding profusely from yep. the uh, the ears. Yeah, and uh, then we went inside. Um, course, uh, old uh, Chips was still smoking. He went through a yep. packet of cigarettes just during yep. the fight. Yeah. Um And the rabbit stew was excellent, Brian. It was, I remember that stew? Yeah, it was few lumps uh, tender. In it.
0: Yeah. Bits of lead here and there in it, but really, I mean, uh, uh, it was uh, it was an absolute treat. Uh, and Chips and Joe made up afterwards yep. over some uh, some vodka tonics and uh, VB. They really... They, they they mended the fence, as it were. They did. And they got on uh, tremendously after that. They were pen yes. pals forever after that. But I think the, the major uh, inflictions that uh, Chips put on Uncle Joe uh, is what ultimately led to his uh, demise at the uh, start of the 50s. Yes. Joey just never recovered from that pounding from Chips.
1: No, no, he didn't, Brian. He... Um he, he, I know he went to a uh, psychiatrist because yeah. he thought he had sort of like some brain injury uh, and that maybe he needed a bit of assistance there. But uh, it was his pride, Brian. His pride was dented yes. very poorly. Yeah. Like he, was, he wasn't the man he was. No. Um, but he was up against uh, what you know has been and always will be the greatest Australian ever. Yes. Uh, besides uh, Ida Buttrose and Conk mm. Whitlam. Yes. And, and yourself. Yes. Uh, Dennis and yeah. Dennis Lilly yeah. and Alan Water, and Craig Chappell, and uh, Ian Chappell, and uh, uh, Jeff Thompson, and uh, and Simon Madden, of course, yeah. from the SM yeah. Football Club. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're just a few that will, yeah. will be were will will immortalised the same way that yeah. Chips was. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the chain smoking, alcohol infused, demigod, an uh, entertainer that. Never knew when to stop entertaining no. Brian. No. Even in his sleep, yeah. he used to talk in his sleep and yeah. he'd put out these monotones of, yeah. get back where you are, yeah. I'm coming to find you. Yeah. And he'd sing a song. Yeah. And then he'd get up and sleepwalk out in yeah. the car and light up a cigarette. Yeah. And then i uh, would be all on yeah. the air and body. But geez, he was But, he was probably that – the best cross-dresser I think I've ever met, Brian. He wa- he absolutely was. Uh, you could say he
0: was the catalyst for the resurgence uh, of Australian cinema in Russia at the time. Yeah. It's uh, unfortunate that uh, Joe was the only one that got it, understood it, that went for yeah. it. Uh, his mm-hmm. popularity uh, plummeted after that. But there's still some corners of St. Petersburg where you can see a really good Chips Rafferty
1: film uh, oh, at goodness. three in the morning. Yes, you can, Brian. And they've overdubbed it into uh, Ukrainian dialect yes. to um, give it that essence of uh, familiarity. Yeah. But the uh, chips is always there, and he, um, you know, he, he's so elo- eloquent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he, he rounds his R's, and he yeah. he, 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 he uh, crosses his T's, yep. and he dots his eyes as he, he talks. Does. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the th- that's a, a, an intelligent man, and um, what you'd call a Professional entertainer, Brian. Not like these days when you have no. people uh, like myself who slur their words yeah. and turn up to bloody functions yeah. drunk. Yeah, um, you know we've all got our problems, but yeah. he, uh, yeah. he he overcame those early. Especially oh. belting people fixed him. He was a really good when yeah. it came to getting rid of his nervous tension by yeah. belting the fuck out of somebody and yeah. going, "I'm feeling bloody good." Yeah. He was out of his time. You know, he was feeling good.
0: He was, and he could negotiate that on the film sets all the time. They'd have mm. people to come in to be belted across the head by Chips to settle down before every take. Uh, There's a few fatalities, but this is yeah. the price of uh, film history, Brian. It can't be all just twiddling thumbs and being polite and nice. No, it's got to be real,
1: gritty truth. It's got to mm. tell its tale. And that's what Chips was all about. That's right, Brian. In, the, in, in the, the, his life story, uh, uh, Chips Rafferty, Why I Bought a Holden, yeah. um, brought to light his, his essence of his um, stability. Mm. Uh, when he had like, a fast car, yeah. uh, he had a, a carton of cigarettes with him yeah. and an Esky full of beer. Yeah. He, he, what he did was he showed that all these uh, ramifications of life, you know, not only a job, uh, having a disease uh, put into put in perspective when you've got these these bits and pieces uh, drugs you'd call them probably yeah, these yeah, days yeah, yeah. that just give you the better perspective of life. Um, go in to fight when you're really drunk so you don't feel yeah. any pain. Very that true, your Brian. specialty Brian, it was. as you know. <coughs> Sorry, Brian. <coughs> That's right, I'm trying to hold
0: that back forever this might be a good time to go <coughs> send me to see my doctor Brian <laughs> I think I... <coughs> I got something going on I think I need Column another it, Craven
1: A <laughs> yeah, well have you stopped smoking Peter Stuyvesant Brian yeah
0: yeah I've been on the Winnie Blues for a while <laughs> <laughs> Winnie Blues and yeah Benson and Hedges and a bit of Dunhill. I think I might have to go to pulling the filters off again, Brian. Uh, things haven't been the same since I've been ripping the
1: filters off. No, I'd put a whole new filter cartridge in there, Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Brian. Well, righto, Brian. Well, good to you again. It's been a lovely time. and that's um, Brian. You know, we'll, um, we'll chew the fatty again next week, and uh, there's a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things. I mean, hopefully yeah. there's another... Um, Another death on a film set that we can discuss because yep. that's great entertainment. It is. It breaks the monotony,
0: doesn't it? We can't have COVID deaths and uh, volcanoes all the time. No, no,
1: no, no. We've got to, uh, we got to mix it up a bit. I know the listeners love a story about death and destruction. Yes. But, you know, in this sad old world we live in at the moment, it's good to hear that other people
0: are dying. It is. It is. It brings you uh, some sense of security mm. and uh, so just this this sense of. Warmth that uh, comes from other people's misery.
1: It is. It's um. It's all about the feelings, as we've discussed, Brian. People have got to feel good about themselves. Yeah. They've got to hate the world. Yeah. It just gives them a lift. It does. It gives you hope. That's you know, that's all you need, Brian. You just need hope and a, a, a keg of beer. Yeah. And um, maybe some, maybe a kilo of prawns. Yeah. And that's hope.
0: Yeah, in, in a nutshell. It is indeed, Brian. Good for you, Brian. Good. Burden, Brian. Durden
1: Thanks, Brian. Dern, dern. I'll talk to you soon. Well, do. man. Excrement. Is that it? Yeah, that's
0: it. You still there, Brian? No, no, I've gone. I have. Where are you going, Brian? I'm um, going to the chemist to
1: buy a pack of, pack of vomit. <laughs> do, they still, do they still sell vomit in packages? Do I usually get it by the bucket load. Oh, you've been to Chemist Warehouse again. Or is it, is it, or maybe you've been to, uh, what's his name, Terry, Terry Donaldson, Terry, Terry O'Gateson. All right, Brian, I'll uh, just hit the,